Dr. Cindy Trim is a sought-after empowerment specialist, revolutionary thinker, and transformational leader. Over the years, she has earned a distinguished reputation as a catalyst of change and voice of hope to the nations. Seasoned with humor, compassion, revelatory insight, and personal candor, Dr. Trim translates hard-hitting spiritual insight into everyday language that empowers individuals to activate purpose and maximize potential. She frequently appears on popular TV and radio programs as well as keynotes on international platforms that touch millions with the gospel. As an author, she has repeatedly topped bestsellers lists with what have become renowned classics such as Commanding Your Morning, among others. Her ministry extends to the global mission field with Dr. Cinder Trim Ministries International joining forces with partners around the world to engage in medical missions, food, relief, and resourcing those in need with tools that will change the trajectory of their lives and communities. She is married to Pastor Russell Tomlinson. Welcome, Dr. Cindy Trim. Come on, Fountain of Life Church. Please make welcome Dr. Cindy Trim. Amen. Just remain standing for the next few minutes. It's just a humble privilege to be here today. And um, thank you so much, Apostle, for having me here and Pastor. Tonight, the heavens are open over us. God is going to speak a word to you that's going to revolutionize your life. You walked in one way, but you're going to walk out another way. The hand of God is upon you. You push your way out tonight, but God is not going to disappoint you. God is not going to meet your expectation. He's going to exceed your expectation. He's going to do above and beyond what you're able to conceive. Get ready because heaven is about to kiss earth and you are going to be between the kisses. Heaven is about to identify the next mover, the next shaker, the next history maker. That person is on your left. That person is on your right. Hit the person on your left and right and say, God is talking about you. God has chosen you. You are about to be anointed. Things are about to shift in your life. They're going to shift in your mind. They're going to shift in your body. God is about to shift you. You are going from the back to the front. You are going from the bottom to the top. Something is about to happen. We are under an open heaven. God is about to do something good for you. If you believe I'm talking to you, shout I believe it. I'm going to ask you to do something in a minute. I'm going to ask you to do something in a minute. But I don't want this to be just uh, a, a um, uh, something that we borrow from the world and we don't have an understanding of why this is important. We usually give our neighbor a high five and now it's become something that we just do in church without a revelation of the significance of it. But God said if two of you touch and agree concerning anything that he has spoken, it shall be done. Listen to me carefully. Over the course of the sermon, I'm going to ask you to give your neighbor a high five. I want you to take that moment when you connect with the person on your left and right. I want you to connect it to scripture that says that I'm coming into agreement with whatever God 
is speaking to you right now. I'm coming into agreement with that revelation. I'm coming into agreement with that vision. I'm coming into agreement with that rhema word. Whatever God is doing for you, whatever God has revealed he's going to do for you, I'm coming into agreement. So can you give your neighbor a high five and say, I'm coming into agreement. I'm going to prophesy over your life. You are living under an open heaven. Oh, you don't believe it. I'm going to prophesy one more time. Turn to your neighbor and say, you like to play in church. I'm not playing with you tonight. When you hit my hand, that means it's done. It means it's established. It means yay. It means amen. I decree over your life. From today onward, you are living under an open heaven. I can tell you didn't believe it. And I can tell that you did not understand what you just did and what you just said. I can tell it. Let me drive this a little further. The Bible said that when Jesus went to be baptized by John, John baptized him and when he came up, the heavens over him was open. Just because the heavens over your community or over your life or over your industry is closed, it doesn't mean that it cannot be open over you. I decree that you're going to defy every odd in this country. No matter what the economy is doing, the heavens over you is open. No matter what is happening in your industry, the heavens over you is open. No matter what the doctor has prognosticated falsely, the heaven over you is open. Give your neighbor a high five and say, I live under an open heaven. Everything in your life shifts once the heaven is open. I decree everything in your life is shifting. I decree you are having a financial shift, a paradigm shift. I decree your health is shifting. I decree your marriage is shifting. I decree your money is shifting. I decree everybody associated with you is shifting. I decree things are not only shifting, when the heavens over you is open, things turn around. I prophesy things are turning around in your life. Your marriage is going to turn around. Your health is going to turn around. Your children are going to turn around. Your marriage is going to turn around. Everything about you is going to be turned around. When the heavens are open, God downloads witty ideas, creative invention. I decree this is the wisest you are going to ever be. I decree God is downloading million dollar, multi-million dollar, trillion dollar, and billion dollar witty ideas and creative inventions. I decree over your life, the heavens over you are open. Now give your neighbor a high five. I can tell that you didn't just understand what you just did. I could tell. I could tell by your response. You're disconnected from the moment. 
you were waiting for me to do something when God is doing something. And if you could just see by way of the spirit, the anointing that is falling on your life right now, you would do more than just stand there. You would do more than just wait for the woman of God to preach. You would raise your hands and you would begin to give God a crazy praise. You would begin to praise God for the downloads. You would begin to praise God for the breakthrough. You would begin to praise God that the heavens over you are open and things are about to shift everything and everybody around you is about to shift I command your finances to shift I command your finances to come into alignment with wealth I decree wealth and riches shall be in your house they are in your house right now I decree God is taking you from the back and putting you in the front I command everything about you to shift someone shout shift Lay hands on five people and just command everything in their life to shift. Shout shift. Lay hands on them. Lay hands on them. Lay your hands on their head. Lay your hands on their shoulders and command everything to shift. I can tell you were not listening to me. I can tell you hear me, but you're not listening. How can I tell? Because I I commissioned you to lay hands on the shoulder or the head of your neighbor and you were still giving them a high five. Look at your neighbor, point to them and say shift. Point to their mind, say shift. I decree right now you are having a paradigm shift. I decree you are connecting to this moment. You are connecting to the anointing. You are expecting something good to happen to you. Repeat after me. I command you to shift. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the time that you have allotted. Think through my mind, speak through my lips. Let there not be none of me, all of you. The anointing is tangible. We can sense it. We can feel it. You are present. Even as the Holy Spirit hovered over emptiness and nothing, the blackness of an abyss, and through one word you said, let there be light, and there was light. You send your word to heal us. Let the word be accurate. Let it be but sharper than a two-edged sword. Perform laser surgery on each one of us. Give us a paradigm shift. Open up our eyes. Perform laser surgery on our eyes. Give us a transformation of the heart. Give us a blood transfusion. Let there be a supernatural encounter. The one that you are elevating right now, I decree and declare, they will receive it as a rhema word. The one that you are healing right now, it's not necessary for man to lay hands on an individual if the spirit of God is the one that is laying hands. I decreed that you would identify the ones in the back, the ones in the middle, the ones in the front, the ones on my right, the ones on my left that are ready for a breakthrough. Identify them. Activate their faith. 
stir up the spirit of expectation, exceed their expectation, meet them right where they are. It doesn't matter if they're depressed or dejected. It doesn't matter what they came in with. I decree they will not leave like they came in Jesus' name, bound, tormented, sick, or lame because the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. I thank you for the anointing that makes preaching easy. Father, but it is not, hallelujah, my might nor by my power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Holy Spirit, we recognize your, your, your power and your presence and we decree and declare you would move, move from breast to breast, move from road to row, move from seat to seat. Father, let no one leave here like they came. We decree and declare your row is anointed, your row is blessed, your row is filled with expectation and if there be anyone that is not expecting, I decree and declare God will supernaturally move them. Hallelujah from your row. I decree your row will have a visitation. I decree it. I declare it. I establish it. I legislate it by the word, by the blood, by the spirit and it cannot be otherwise. I decree your row anointed. I decree and declare your row. Hallelujah. Established by God for a divine visitation tonight. How many of you receive it? Look down your row and tell the person, hallelujah, that is the farthest from you if you, hallelujah, have been planted by the enemy to interfere with the flow of the anointing. I give you permission to leave right now, but this row is anointed. This row is going to be blessed. This row is going to get a breakthrough. Now, if you believe it, I want you to praise God for the entire row. I want your praise to become viral. Thank you, Jesus. Something is happening. Something is happening. I can sense it. Somebody is going to the next level. I don't know who you are, but God is going to single you out. Even as he found Moses on the backside of the desert, and even as he found David hanging out with the sheep, you may be hidden in obscurity, hallelujah, now. But in the next few moments, God is going to take you out of obscurity. He's getting ready to shine a light on you. I decree and declare the word of the Lord over your life. Rise, shine, for thy light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Social media is about to light up with the news of what God is about to do for you. This week, expect God to visit you. Your year may have ended wobbly, but it's going to end strong. You are going to end this year stronger, wiser, and wealthier. I decree it and it cannot be otherwise in Jesus' name. Clap your hands and shout Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and say she's talking about me. Glory to God. I wish I had people in here that really believe what they just did. I can see. I'm a seer. I can see in increments of 20 years. <laughs> I can see in 2015 should the Lord delay his coming. I can see, I can see. And I'm seeing now. 
And I see an avalanche of blessings coming. And I'm seeing a shifting in industries and some of you are occupying chief positions. You are CEOs. You are president of Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. I see industries shifting because you are a, not only a, a part of the trend, you are the trendsetter. I decree and declare the next trendsetter is rising up and is rising up from amongst us. Industry in Nigeria is about to shift because you're in it. Y'all take your seat. There's someone in here with a breakthrough idea. That amen sounds suspicious. That amen sounds weak. It sounds like you're asking a question rather than giving an explanation. If you believe God is speaking to you, shout amen! Thank you, Jesus. 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 There's one person in here that got it. Whoever said that amen the loudest, God is about to visit you. Let's go to our text. We can become indifferent when it becomes the word of God, especially if the word of God is rich, like it's in this house. And in between one message and another message, life happens. <clears throat> and as it happens, we have to come back to be reset. And so this is the resetting of your faith. God is going to refocus your vision. And he's going to change how you see your life in this generation. You are a history maker. And you're going to be the first in your family to do what God has anointed you to do. You're going to defy odds. All the odds are stacked up against us. But I feel the anointing. The anointing gives you the power to do something, become something, achieve something, accomplish something within your lifetime. You are anointed. And you're anointed without measure. The anointing is available to you on demand. When you need it, you can pull on that anointing. The spigot is open over your life. And whatever you need, all you have to do is decree it and establish it. And it is so. You are surrounded by resources. You don't have a resource problem. You have a recognition problem. God is getting ready to open your eyes to see the unseen. The book of Matthew 24, 38 to 39 is where our text comes from. I'm going to braid it with Hebrews 11 and 7 and try to unpack this in the quickest way possible. The Bible says, as in the days of Noah, where, where, where so shall also the coming of the son of man be for as in the days that were before the flood they were eating and drinking as in the days that were, were before the heavens opened and shifted things in the earth the bible says they were 
eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered to, into the ark. Noah was not distracted by the things that were going on around him because he was motivated and driven by the things that were going on on the inside of him. I decree your vision is shifting. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is moving in our lives. And what God is doing right now. He's removing the distractions from our eyes as in the days of Noah. I know most preach, preachers talk about the type of condition that he lived in, but what they miss, they miss the revelation. What God is saying within this particular text is that in spite of what was going on around him, what was going on, on inside of him was more powerful. And he paid attention to what God God was revealing on the inside of him and then he took counsel from God as to what to do with it. Many of us know what to do with everybody else and everything else. We sit on social media and everybody else's timeline and we waste time. When you waste time, you never get a day back after the sun sets. You don't get an hour back. You don't get a second back. And there are so many things that are wasting hours. Our time. The Bible says as in the days of Noah that was Noah's days and during Noah's days God commissioned him to fulfill a particular assignment and many of us are being distracted and it is that, that the attack of the enemy to distract us because everything has a statue of limitation every assignment is time sensitive so that means if you miss the assignment of today what are you going to do tomorrow with the assignments until it becomes cumulative until you cannot catch up. But here is the promise of God that the years that the canker worm, palmer worm, caterpillar destroyed, he's going to restore those years. This is a season of rest, a, a, a season of restoration. We talk about a season of acceleration. Why is God accelerating things? He's going to accelerate things so that you can make up for lost time. You may not get the same opportunities, but there is something on the horizon that is coming. And I want to preach a simple message. Something is brewing on the horizon. Something is brewing on the horizon. Hebrews 11 and 7 says, by faith, no Noah being warned of God of the things not seen as yet. In other words, he consulted with God and God showed him the things that were brewing on the horizon so that he could prepare himself to capitalize on an opportunity. And the Bible said God warned him. It wasn't about beware, it was about be aware. Paul said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In the United United States of America in the inner city, we have a colloquial expression that says stay woke. I decree and declare you're going to stay woke. You are not going to be walking around in this earth sleepwalking. I say like God said to Deborah, awake, awake, oh Deborah. This is a season where God is 
is awakening the church, hallelujah, to who we are. God is bringing the church into a new season where we no longer are suffering from an identity crisis. The problem with the church is not converting sinners into Christians. The problem with the church is to convert Christians into believers. I decree and declare that no matter what God says to you and no matter how everything around you seems as if it's stacked up against you, I decree and declare you are going to stand in the midst of your circumstance and say, I believe God. Are there any believers in their house? Is there anyone in here that is a believer? Believers do exactly what the word says. Believers believe. I decree that your faith is being put on steroids. I decree you are going to begin to believe the Lord for the impossible. Something is brewing on the horizon. I can sense it. I can feel it. And the feeling that you feel in the pit of your stomach is because heaven is about, hallelujah, to do something great for you. Whenever you see the pain points in your country, whenever you have crisis in your personal life, whenever you have a spiritual crisis, an emotional crisis, a crisis in your marriage, it is an indication that heaven is having contractions and all God needs is permission to birth out what heaven is pregnant with. The Bible said, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The God things that God has prepared for those that love God. The Bible said that the whole earth is groaning in travail until now. If you can identify the pain points in a country, you can identify where God is going to raise up the next. I decree and declare you're the next you're the next uh, hallelujah CEO you're the next great doctor you're the next great leader you're the gr next great lawyer you're the next great physician I decree the next is in here right now you may not see it and people around you may not know it but I decree and declare you are having a revelation right now God is going to show you your next raise your hands and say God I'm next Show me my next. Raise your hands and shout to God. I'm the one you were looking for. I hear the word of the Lord. God said, he said, many are called, few are chosen. And I found out the chosen do the choosing. In other words, God chooses you, but you've got to choose to be chosen. You've got to raise your hands. You've got to be like Isaiah and say, here am I. Use me. I decree you are the next. Raise your hands and say I'm the next hallelujah here am I Lord use me I received the download I received my assignment and I received the anointing to do it. The Bible said if you would go back there in Hebrews 11 and 7, there is so much to, impact, uh, to unpack. But hallelujah, if you just give me a few minutes, hallelujah, I'm going to unpack something that is going to revolutionize your life. The Bible said by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. The word moved can be uh, uh, substituted with 
the word motivated. Hallelujah. With fear has to do with awe. He was moved by something awesome that he saw. God is getting ready to put awesome back into your life. Your children are going to be awesome. Your ministry is going to be awesome. You're going to have an awesome body. You're going to live in an awesome house. You're going to drive an awesome car. You're going to go to awesome university. You're going to drive God. Go, you're going to be hired by an awesome employer. You're going to work on an awesome job. God is getting ready to put awesome back in your life. He's getting ready to take the woe and turn it into a wow. When people see you, they're going to say wow. They're going to look at how you dress and they're going to say wow. They're going to look at how you speak. They're going to say wow. God is getting ready to put the awesome back in your life. Hallelujah. Give your neighbor a high five and say you look awesome. Yes. He was motivated. He is motivated. One of the things as I was praying through last night and I was sitting with the Lord and I thought I was distracted because God began to talk to me about the word motivation and I didn't see how it had anything to do with my message but I went with the Holy Spirit and then as I was showering to come, God connected the dot. The Bible said that Noah moved with fear. That word move can be uh, uh, replaced with the word motivation. He was motivated, hallelujah, because of what God showed him. And your eyes hold the key to your motivation. Motivation is the single most important personal tool that God would download into your spirit because motivation helps you to become unstuck. I decree and declare your days of being stuck is over. Your days of being stuck in a realm, stuck with people that don't even have the capacity, hallelujah, for your greatness, for your anointing, for your talent. Hallelujah. Your days are being stuck in a job that doesn't value you, that cannot pay you your work. Your days are being stuck in a world that seems as if it awards the talented, but those of us that don't, hallelujah, demonstrate our talent because of certain restriction, we end up being stuck. I decree your days of being stuck are over. I decree your children will not be stuck. Your money will not be stuck. Your ministry will not be stuck. You will be not not stuck. Your days of being stuck is over. One of the things that are missing today with the average individual is that one word motivation it's an important word it's an important tool it's a important resource that God will give you when God anoints you to fulfill an assignment he gives you the skill he gives you the purpose he gives you the anointing he gives you the gifts he gives you the talent he gives you the vision he gives you the assignment he gives you the opportunity but the only thing that you have to bring to the table is motivation. Motivation is not the same thing as the anointed. There are so many people that are anointed to do specific things, but they're not motivated. They're not motivated to hone their skill. They're not motivated to build anything. Can you imagine if God gave Noah the vision to build a boat? He could say, nobody in my family was a boat builder. Nobody in my community is a boat builder. Nobody understands 
understands what I'm speaking about when I talk about both. You have told me that it's going to rain, but nobody has ever seen it rain. A lot of times we become discouraged and we lose our motivation because we are talking to people that don't have the ability to see our potential. I decree and declare you are moving away from potential killers. You've got the potential to be great. God plants you as a seed in his field. According to Matthew chapter 13, why does he use seed? Because the seed has within itself the potential to be greater than itself at any given moment. Right where you are, you've got the potential to be greater than what you are right now at this given moment. Potential is different from performance. We want to be awarded based on performance, but if you want to be successful, ask God to reward you based on potential. Can you imagine that you have the potential to be greater than what you are at any given moment in your life, but yet because you are distracted by the things that are going on around you, you don't have enough time to let God show you what's going on the inside of you. I decree and declare that the assignment of the spirit of distraction has been canceled. I decree every individual that has been assigned to distract you, whether it's through a phone call, whether it's through a text, whether it's through an email, whether it's through a visitation, whether it's through gossip, whether it's through warfare, whether it's through a hate, whether it's through rejection, whoever has been assigned to distract you, I decree the anointing that is on your life is driving them away from you. It is repelling the spirit of restriction from you. I decree you are in a season of focus. Whatever you focus on fuels your future. If you don't expect it to see it tomorrow, don't think about it today. Don't speak about it today. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are praiseworthy, whatsoever things that God downloads in your spirit, I decree and declare you are only going to think about that. Forget your yesterday. Say goodbye to your yesterday and say hello to tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be better. Tomorrow is going to be great. And what God is doing, he's preparing you for tomorrow by helping you to build building blocks and stronger muscles, mental muscles, emotional muscles that will sustain you in the days to come. I decree and declare that whatever you're going through is an indication of what you are going to. You are going to something better. You are going to something bigger. And what you're going through is only building capacity and spiritual muscles that will be able to sustain you in the days to come. I decree and declare you will not be distracted by the crises. In the middle of the crisis, decree and declare God's original plan is going to come to pass. The devil meant it for bad but God means it for good. It's only going to turn out for good for you, your family, your ministry. Hallelujah. Everything good is coming your way. One of the things that we have to master is motivation. Motivation 
has two sources. Number one, intrinsic. And number two, extrinsic. Something that is within and something that is without you. When you're motivated by something that is within, it's usually attached to a skill, a vision, purpose, or potential. It's attached to that. And you have the ability to see yourself uh, in a particular place and then you recognize that you've got the skill and the ability to do it. It's like some people that say, when I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a lawyer. And they know when they're young, they know when they're five, then they're seven, and they're eight. Now, there are some other people who can't say what they want to do at 12, 13, 20, 30, 50, 1,000 years. They can't say because they're not attached to something that is intrinsic that motivates them. Why do doctors go after medicine? Some people can't tell you. They just said, this is what I was born to do. And so that's something that God places on the inside of them that motivates them towards the ultimate expression of purpose. Secondly, it's inspired. It's internal and motivation is also inspired. So that means that somebody comes across your life and they sing and all of a sudden you decide I want to be a singer because you saw someone on the stage. So motivation comes from something that is within and something that is without. Now motivation is two prongs. You can either move from something or you can move to something. If you're moving from something or to something, it's an expansion of energy. Whatever energy is expended or expressed, it cannot be re-engaged. You can't reuse it. You can't put it in an energy microwave and warm it up and use the same energy. Once that energy is gone, it's gone. It's exchanged for something. However, now, if you decide that you're moving from something... That means that you create a vacuum in your life. And unless you are, know what you're moving to, that vacuum is filled again from, with what you move from. Now, if you are moving to something, you're expending the same energy. So you're either going to move away from poverty or you're going to create wealth. You're going to move to wealth. You're either going to move away from being overweight or you're going to move to being fit and chiseled, one or the other. But you cannot expand the same energy to move from something and move to something simultaneously. This is why vision is important. You see, vision is the greatest motivator of our time. And as long as you have a vision, a vision points you to tomorrow. And if you are constantly looking at the pain and saying, I don't want this, I don't want that, you will never get what you really want. You've got to train your mind to think about what you want to create in order to replace what you don't want. And the moment you use that energy, all of heaven and all of earth begins to conspire to bring the right relationships to you, to bring the right, because it changes how you see things. It changes how you see your life within a community, within an economy. Listen, when you have economic downturns, not everybody begins to lose jobs and lose houses. Not everybody becomes poor. When you see an economic downturn, it's only an indication that money is shifting hands. So if all you see is how you're going to get uh, more months or more money to take care of the months, rather than just creating what you want, many of us talk about what we don't want. 
Talking about what you don't want is not going to get you what you want. So motivation is two-pronged. You're going to either be motivated to leave something or to go somewhere. And if you're leaving something, it means that what you are leaving is your focus and your focus fuels your future. It means that when you go, go to your future, your future is going to be pregnant with that. And so God motivated Noah. I'm almost there. And when he motivated Noah, he gave him a vision of things to come. The scripture says, as in the days of Noah, these are your days. And yes, the world is plagued with all kinds of conflict. Yes, there's a widening economic disparity. Yes, there are unprecedented social unrest. But what does that have to do with your calling and your assignment? People are being assigned by the enemy. But what about your assignment? Most of us live in a bottle, bubble. And we become social commentators. And we always want to talk about what's wrong and who's doing what. And most of us will fought, fought, spend most of our time keeping up with someone else's timeline at the expense of our own. But God has given each one of us a statue of limitation. He said there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time for something to exist and time for something, hallelujah, to pronounce a benediction on. God has given you your time in this earth and you are carrying something important for this generation. This is a season where God is doing something spectacular. Last week on the fourth, hallelujah, month in the 10th day in 2019, something spectacular happened. For the first time, the astrophysicists, hallelujah, and the scientific community, hallelujah, began to look for the black hole. It was something that Einstein had, had prognosticated or seen in his theory of relativity. And he, he, he said that anything begins to approach the speed of light would then disappear and go into a dark hole. And at first the scientists laughed at him. That was a hundred years ago. But a hundred years later, technology begins, hallelujah, to be advanced. And they were able to use the... Um, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 technology to peer into the future and they were able to see the black hole for the first time and what is happening for us God is moving us into a, a situation where the church now is being anointed with a prophetic anointing we are going to begin to see what other generations wish they could see one of the scientists when he was interviewed in CNN he said this is a breakthrough for modern man for this is the first generation that is able to see the unseen but that is not true God has already had always had men and women hallelujah, that has been able to see the unseen. Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of his glory in the inheritance of the saint. God is releasing in this generation a group of industry specific prophets. These are industries that God hallelujah is planning to take control over and is raising up believers to do 
do, hallelujah, what another generation has never done because we begin to understand that the kingdom of heaven is not just expressed in the church. The kingdom of heaven is expressed in the world. God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world, baptize them. The word baptize means, uh, hallelujah, to immerse. It not only means to immerse in water, it means to overwhelm with. God is getting ready to use you. He's going to raise you up and you are not going to be called, uh, hallelujah, to be another choir member. You are not going to be called to be another usher, but God is going to raise up, uh, hallelujah, a generation, uh, hallelujah, that have the anointing of Joseph. God is going to raise up a generation with the anointing of Bezalel. God is going to raise up a generation with the anointing of Eliab. He's going to raise up Joseph. Joseph was a trendsetter. Joseph not only prophesied trends, he provoked it. I decree and declare hallelujah, the next trendsetters are being raised up and anointed right now. You are going to set new trends. I command your eyes to be open. I decree the next engineers are being raised up. The next engineers are like Eliab and Bezalel. The Bible said that God anointed them and filled them with the spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge and the manner of workmanship to devise cunning works to work in gold and silver and brass. I decree and declare that God is raising up the next Bezalel. I decree and declare that Stephen Jobs is dead but you're alive. I decree that God is going to use you as the next technological engineer. I decree things are shifting and you are going to be on the cusp. You are not only going to be on the cutting edge, you are going to be the edge. Everyone in your industry is going to measure their success by you. God is releasing an anointing in this season. He is anointing your eyes that you can see. I decree and declare that the prophetic anointing is coming upon you. I decree you are going to see past this week. You are going to see past this year. I decree and declare God is going to give you the ability to see one generation ahead. Not only that, those of you that have the capacity, every man, every woman of God, every preacher, every apostle, every prophet, I prophesy a new anointing is coming upon you. The Bible said the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's three generations. I release an anointing upon you to prepare for the next three generations. I decree that you are seeing and God is then backing you up to today so that you can build. I want to let you know that God is still in the ark building business and you are going to build your ark before it's needed before the rain comes before the chance shifts I decree and declare the wind and the rain hallelujah and the current that swept hallelujah the masses away I decree you will not be swept away by the current when the waves increase I decree that you are riding waves you are riding the waves of success 
success. You are riding the waves of prosperity. I decree and declare that the anointing, hallelujah, of Jesus is coming upon you. Even as the disciples were in the boat. And hallelujah, Jesus walked on the same waves, hallelujah, that threatened to destroy the disciple. I decree and declare you will see the threat, but it shall not destroy you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Noah lived in some amazing times. And he was moving against the current. When, you're in, when you live in the season, you live counter culture. It means that you're moving against the current. When other people are looking at negative and they're looking at the sin and they're looking at the poverty and they're looking at debauchery and they're talking about corruption and despotic governance and gang violence and they're talking about human trafficking and drug trafficking and political unrest and terrorism and global warming and global recession and unemployment and underemployment. These are mere distractions. Why? Because you cannot go back to fix it. It already is. But you can stand in the midst of what already is without looking back at your past. You can create a new future. Don't be distracted. Get your mojo back. Get your motivation back. These are ambiguous times. The world calls it VUCA. It's volatile. It is unpredictable. It is ambiguous. At its best, and it's complex. But you can revel your mind out of a VUCA world. There's a perfect storm that's brewing on the horizon what Noah received as a revelation. God had him to defy the odds. Not by looking out, but looking in. The Bible said there were eight souls that God used to reset humanity's operating system. Watch this. Last week, when the scientists came together, they came together on the 4th 10, 2009. And in order to see the significance of this one event and the relevance for the church, you have to go into biblical numerics where you add the number, you reduce it to its lowest common denominator to discern the prophetic implication. So 4 10, 2009, that's 4 plus 10. So that's 4 plus 1 is five, plus two is seven, plus one is eight, plus one is 17. You got two numbers, so you have to add those again. One plus seven is eight. The Bible said, doth not nature teach us? So what can we learn just from a, nat nat a natural phenomenon? We make the application spiritually. Eight is a number of new beginnings. 
God wanted me to tell you that something has come to an end in your life. Something has come to an end in my life. Something has come to a relational end, a financial end. But it's not the ending that destroys people. It's not the beginning that gives people hope. It's that time in between that destroys them. And that time is called transition. Nor mark the ending of one dispensation and the beginning of another dispensation. He marked the ending of human consciousness, the beginning of a dispensation of promise. When I see the rainbow, I promise you, as long as you see this rainbow, I will not destroy the earth again. What has God promised you? It means that you have to have the courage to walk away from the old. But what I discern by way of, of the spirit, you are in the middle of a transition. Transition is that period in between. You're not there, you're not here. It simply means that God is birthing you into another realm. He's birthing you into another realm. We don't understand the birthing process, but there are three main players. Number one, the one that is carrying the baby. The only thing she feels is pain. And the only thing that she wants is comfort. She wants someone to say, I know how you feel. If you are birthing something out right now and you're 10 centimeters, you're pregnant with a book, a ministry, an idea, a business, you're pregnant with something. I discern by way of the spirit that we have a house full of people pregnant. You could feel the frustration. Some of you are being rejected and you feel the pain of rejection. How do you know when heaven is pregnant with you and you're next in line? You got to find the pain points. The pain points in your life. The pain points in the ministry. The pain points in your marriage. The pain points. If you can identify where the pain points are, you can... You can find yourself. You can locate yourself. It's like heaven's GPS. The second player is the baby. The baby is not suffering pain. The baby is suffering discomfort. And the baby is victimized. I didn't ask to be born. And I'm not asking to be birthed. I'm fine right where I am. I'm fine. Somebody carries me. Somebody feeds me. Somebody keeps me warm. I'm protected. I'm fine. Why do I feel the peristalsis? Why am I being forced? This was Samson. And Samson didn't have anyone to speak into his life. He had his parents. 
and his parents that loved him. When you're being birthed out, you don't need people around you that love you. Because they're going to pray you out of the fire. But the fire is what you're being birthed out of. They're going to pray you out of prison. They don't want to see you in discomfort. They don't want to see you struggle. They don't want to see you go down that nasty pathway. The problem with Samson was that he was in the womb. God was getting ready to birth him out. He was going to be a divine irritation to the Philistines. And God showed him, go there and marry that Philistine. So he goes to his parents and he says, dad, mom, get me that wife. And the parents were like, look, this is the reason why God birthed you. You're a Nazarite. You're holy. Why would you want to go down with those dirty people? Why? No, we're not going to do it. And the scripture says, but they did not know it was the Lord. And so Samson ended up being demised, not because of the Philistines, not because of Delilah, but because of people that loved him and didn't want him to go through the suffering. When heaven births you out, you have to go down a narrow path all by yourself. You can't take your parents. You cannot take your best friend. You cannot take your husband. You cannot take your daughter. You got to go alone. But there's a third player. And that player is a midwife. Someone who is prophetically anointed to see what is God is doing. They had a, have a panoramic view. This is like Shipra and Pua. They identified apostle, the pain point, the pain point in their country, ethnic cleansing. And they discerned by way of the spirit, one of these boys are next. And instead of them being distracted by what Pharaoh was doing and how Pharaoh was taking the straws from them, and how much pressure they were on and how they were struggling. They pressed their ears to the lips of God and they heard God say, go directly to the one that's pregnant. Shipra means to cry out. Pure means to make beautiful. Their assignment was to help the one that was pregnant to see herself as beautiful. And to cry out to what they were carrying to speak the word of the Lord. Thou shall not die, but you shall live to fulfill your purpose. The midwife. The midwife gives the one that is pregnant the motivation to keep pushing. I see the hand. Hold on a minute. The baby looks beautiful. The baby is crowning. Push. When you have divine motivation, you push. You push past the discomfort. You push past the negativity. You push past the part, path of giving up. But it hurts. Push. But nobody understands. Push. The midwife is the third player. The midwife receives the baby and looks what 
shall we call this baby? You heard of the word misnomer. It means to misname. Jabez was being birthed out in the midst of trying times with his mother. And his mother said, you remind me of the pain. I decree and declare this is the last day that people would misname you. You are not the tail. You are the head. God sent me here to be your midwife. You are not last. You are first. Noah had no midwife. So God became his midwife. What the church is missing are prophetic midwives. People who will stand up in the midst of your crisis, in the midst of a national crisis, in the midst of economic crises, governmental crises, personal crises, health crises. This man of God wrote a book and every last one of you should get it. Reclaiming the Nigerian dream. Joseph was being birthed out. The economy shifted. God gave him a dream. And nobody believed the dream. This is the last time you're going to talk to us about how God has raised you up and how God, that's my alarm, you can go get it. And he saw a vision that motivated him. When he was a slave in human trafficking, the dream motivated him. When he got a good job, but he was set up, there was a conspiracy against him. The dream motivated him. When he was in Potiphar's prison, the dream motivated him. When his colleagues forgot about him, the dream motivated him. What you see holds the secret to your motivation. And if you don't have it intrinsically, God will give you a vision that will hold your focus. He will give you a dream that will hold your focus. And as long as you can see it, it's just a matter of life. Just a matter of time before you can be it. If you can see it, you can be it. Everybody wants to pray about what's going wrong and what's going on. But something is brewing on the horizon. Noah, being warned of God, moved with fear. Being motivated 
by a vision that God gave him. And how awesome it was. Was motivated to do something about it. On a scale of one to ten, how happy are you with your life? How happy are you with your finances? How happy are you with your marriage? Scale of one to ten. And if you're not happy, if you're not on a ten, what are you prepared to do about it? Noah, something's brewing on the horizon. Let me give you this vision. But I don't know how to build boats. I haven't been to school to get a degree in boat building. Nobody around me has ever built a boat. Nobody. But Noah, you're going to be the first. But how am I going to do it? The vision I'm giving you is going to give rise to the potential that is on the inside of you. He had the potential to be a boat builder. He had the potential to be a zoologist. He had the number and identify every one of the animals. If one was missing, he had to know. Nobody in his family had ever counted animals. But he would be the first. He had the potential to be in the forestry and agriculture business. Nobody ever was a farmer. But when he got off the boat, guess what? He became the first agriculturalist. He was the first technologist to ever live. Stephen Jobs had nothing on him. But it wasn't until the world was in a crisis God said, turn your eyes from the crises and let me show you your potential and your assignment and purpose for being born. Most of us and a lot of people in this world are going to die without a trace. They're going to leave nothing behind. Nobody's going to know that they ever lived. And I'm going to float that as a balloon because I'm going to preach that tomorrow without a trace. Our Father and our God, we have such an amazing opportunity right now to see ourselves differently. The next great leader is here tonight. The next great doctor. Father, you are not playing with their minds and you are not playing games with their lives. What they want wants them. What they need needs them. And you have given them a desire to do something, be something. It's stirring up on the inside of them. It keeps them up at night. They dream about it. They talk about it. Father, you're giving them the motivation. And Father, it's coming from something that is deeper than themselves. It's being generated by purpose. Purpose is downloaded into their DNA. And it's demanding that they pay attention. It's coming from what they're seeing without. Because you are showing them individuals that are doing what they should be doing. Father, they are 
dancing what they should be dancing and singing what they should be singing. They see them in industries. They see them and they say, I could do that. I thank you right now that those that have become discouraged and frustrated because they are watching CNN and they're listening to the news and they're listening to social commentation about how bad uh, uh, the government is and how bad uh, uh, Nigeria is, is a lie. I decree that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened. You birthed them during this generation and Father, you're going to show them the pain points because the pain is pointing to the fact that they are next in line. The discomfort that they feel simply means that you are birthing them out. Father, they are pushing in pain and they want people to identify with the pain and at least give them compassion and no one is giving them compassion because they have not been assigned to be their midwife. But you sent me here tonight to be a midwife, to encourage them, instruct them, inspire them, and to motivate them to push, to push to the next level, not to be satisfied. I decree everyone that is stuck, is unstuck right now, that God is giving you the vision that's going to motivate you to your next. You are not going to be blinded by disappointment, blinded by rejection, blinded by hurt, blinded by pain another day. I decree and declare you are pushing in spite of the pain. You are pushing in spite of the disappointment. You are pushing in spite of the rejection. Your days of struggling is over. I decree and declare God is taking you to another level of faith. You are living in a new realm of faith. I decree that spiritual blindness is being removed from your eyes. I decree the anointing of Samuel is coming upon you. I decree that you will hear what other people don't hear. I decree the anointing of Elijah is coming upon you. You will see what other people cannot see. I decree and declare you are shaking yourself loose like Samson. You may have messed up last season, but this is the day. Hallelujah, that God is announcing to you that all things are passed away. All things become new. I decree and declare that today is a new day and tomorrow a new day will be dawning. I decree you will not waste your time. That you would stand up and you would wake up every morning to say, Lord, teach me to number my days. I decree God is showing you what your life is going to look like at the end of the year. At the end of the uh, of this uh, ju- uh, century. I decree and declare if you live long enough, I decree is showing you what your life is going to look like at the end of this generation, at the end of this decade. We are going into a new decade. And 2019 is the ending of one decade. And 2020 will be the beginning of a new. I decree when 2020 comes, you will be new like the new decade. I decree new strategies. I decree new anointings. I decree new relationships. I decree new opportunities. I decree you will not reach back to the old to hallelujah warm up old strategies. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I decree every apportionist that is assigned to your life is now removed from your life. I decree that heaven is wheeling you into a divine incubator. I decree no weapon formed against 
things you shall prosper. I decree you will not abort another opportunity, another relationship. I decree because of ignorance, you may have done some things that undermine your success. But I decree and declare, hallelujah, the years that the canker worm, palmer worm, and caterpillar destroyed. I decree you are making up for lost time. I decree the anointing of Elijah is coming upon you. You are going to run and overtake every chariot. I decree you're going to outrun your competitor. You're going to outperform your competitor. I decree you are honing your skills. You are paying attention. You are paying attention to the rumbling on the inside of you. I decree and declare next level anointing. I decree you will not have a stillbirth. You're going to deliver this one in the name of Jesus. I thank you. It is past due and over time for most of you. I decree and declare now is the time that you are going to birth what God has given you. The pain point in this nation and the pain point in your life, the pain point in your finances, the pain point spiritual may not be an attack from God on your life. It may be an, an attack or an attack of the enemy over your life. Excuse me. It may be an attack in your industry, but no weapon formed against you will prosper. There may be an attack on your family, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Find the pain point. Because if you can find the fame pain point, God will begin to reveal to you the solution he has downloaded in you. I speak blessings over you. Eight is a number of new beginnings. And even as God used Noah to reset humanity's operating system, I decree that God hits a reset for you. Today, something is brewing on the horizon. It's a perfect storm. And when the time is right, all the elements fall into place. Something is brewing for you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed? Look, listen to me. Let me say this clearly, and God sees my heart. The next four years in Nigeria will be phenomenal. I'm not joking. See, I think the time has come for us to stop being emotional Christians. It doesn't do us any good. We are not different from the world. When all we are ruled by is our emotion. That's carnal Christianity. Right in the fire. If this God will not save us, we will not bow. They were motivated. Until you get to that point.
point, you don't bring about the change God has raised you to bring about. And yet he said to us many times, I am the children that God has given unto me. In our generation, you can allow, we, we, have, we have the choice of allowing the pain to dictate our future. Or the spirit of God that created everything and that is sustaining everything. He that declares the end from the beginning. In the name of Jesus. She's here tomorrow. Come on, tell your neighbor, say something is shifting. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor on your side, say yes, it's a new beginning. Now if you have, if there's an assignment, please go memorize it and please meditate upon it and pray it every day. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened.